Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Little Miss. I'm your host, Riley, and today's topic is going to be a quarter-life crisis. This is the second time that I've recorded this, and I actually have a first draft on my Patreon that I, I did end up posting, and I worked really hard on it, and I thought a lot about it, and I had some points to bring up, and I actually filmed it, recorded it, and edited it. It was scheduled for Wednesday, uh, but I can't sleep tonight. It's like three in the morning, and I have... I just, I'd rather do a more informal version. And I, I feel like that's more what I had in my head for this podcast. So I'm redoing it. And it's going to be a little bit more like an ad lib podcast. It's going to be more just like my thoughts on this. So I had a couple of requests to do an episode on a quarter life crisis. And uh, that's about a couple more requests than I normally get. So um, I noted it, thought a lot about it. And I'm doing it. But I just want to say that I'm really grateful to those two people who thought that I would have anything to say about this. Um, Anything helpful, at least. As if I'm not, like, swimming in my own dread of turning 25 this week. So, thank you. As if I'm not up at 3 in the morning thinking about turning 25 this week. I really appreciate the faith that those two people had in me. And hopefully I won't let you down. As I said, I'm turning 25 this week. And it's a very odd experience. It feels very strange because uh, when I was little, I thought that I would never turn 25. I thought that was for old people. Um, I thought my life would be over by 23. Surely, that I, Riley Pricer, would never turn 25. And boy, was I wrong because it comes either way. And it's a, it's a weird experience. And I do feel really old. I think it's so true what they say that when you're young, it feels like you're never going to get old. And then you, you blink in an eye, like a blink of an eye and you're turning 25. And so I think that really freaks me out because I'm going to, it feels like I'm going to blink my eye again and be 40 and then 50. And I'm not going to have, I like accomplished what I wanted to do. I feel like my time is running out already. And I think that's, crazy i'm sure that's crazy to older people that are listening to this because you probably hear that i'm 25 and you wish you could go back to that time right like i think for anyone older significantly at least like a decade you would love to be 25 again and you in your head 25 is so young so i'm kind of aware it's kind of like a discrepancy there and i know that's true and i know that it is still young and i think logically we all know that because I've talked to a lot of people who are in my age group within a couple of years, and we all know that we're young. It's not that we don't understand that or like know that in the grand scheme of things compared to a person's lifetime, we know that we're young. It's, we still feel like we're old and we still feel like it's crazy to be here. But we know that to us, we're kind of like adults, but we haven't been able to cross off all the things that we want to on our list. Because some things are just like genuinely out of our control and we don't, there's no way for us to like completely put on a timeline when we're going to get married, when we're going to have kids. Uh, so getting back a little bit to the point, uh, in, there's actually a definition for a quarter life crisis for people who have gotten this far and don't really know what I'm talking about. So from Wikipedia, a quarter life crisis is in popular psychology, uh, described as anxiety over the direction and quality of one's life, heavy on the quality which is most commonly experienced in a period ranging from a person's early 20s up to their mid-30s. And uh, similar to disease, there are in fact symptoms of having a quarter-life crisis, which include feeling lost, maybe hopeless, a little trapped, and definitely uninspired. So if anyone relates to that, uh, so do I. Also, for the all of us that are going through a quarter-life crisis right now, I think we should cut ourselves some extra slack because... We missed like two years of our life 
to quarantining and to like things just not being normal regardless like whatever as or like whatever degree of quarantining you were and so i think in my head i don't think of myself as 25 i think of myself more as like 22 23 and the math adds up it's hard to catch up when you feel like you lost that time so i'm i'm definitely like factoring that in so for me personally this feeling of a quarter life crisis is really just that i'm running out of time and like i said i'm going to blink and age and that there's going to be things on my list that I didn't cross off. So because of that, uh, I made a list of some things that make me feel like I don't have time. And these are some things that I really like sat down and thought about. And so if you, these are some things that you might relate to or some things that you might think about as I, as I go through the list. Okay. Number one, uh, maintaining close contact with people who don't make you feel good. And I made a special note about like muting or curating your social media. I think it's actually insane that we're able to like keep up with people as much as we are on social media. And I was thinking about this when it comes to my parents because my dad was engaged before my mom and I kind of forget about it, but he was. <clears throat> and I was talking to him a few months ago and I asked him like if he ever thought about her or if it ever like kind of like popped into his head and my dad said no. And my dad is very present based. I think that's just kind of like how my dad is. Uh, but I also think it factors in that my dad doesn't have to check social media ever and like see what she's up to. Right. And in that generation, if you broke up with someone or if you had a falling out, like you kind of put their stuff away in a closet. And unless you had direct ties to them through like work or social circles, you didn't have to be updated on their life. And you, they didn't have to pop up on your feed and you didn't have to get like you don't have to see their photos or what they're up to. And I think that was so much healthier. And putting breakups aside, I think we can apply this pretty broadly that there's just people on social media that we don't want to see what they're up to all the time. And it's probably not even their fault, but just like where they are in their timeline compared to ours makes us feel, it's like, it makes us feel bad. We, it's easy for us to compare ourselves to their specific timeline. Maybe they only post like their best moments and you feel like their social media isn't really real. Everyone's different. Maybe it just makes you feel it like brings up old memories when you see their posts, anything like that. And uh, in our generation, it also sucks a lot when someone unfollows you like that is real. When you go check your followers list and you haven't like looked at it in a minute and you see that someone like specifically went to your page and unfollowed you, it's actually it sucks and uh, it kind of feels like a slap in the face. So because of that i think the mute button on social media is so great and it's kind of like setting that boundary for your for yourself without the commitment so i use that a lot and um, i definitely think that this has helped me feel like i have more time all right number two is not spending enough time mapping out your goals and being intentional about what you would like to accomplish in your 20s so a while ago my friends and i like sat down and we thought about some categories that are a little bit more specific than uh, than some people get when it comes to their goals and uh, we kind of listed a few things like that you might value more than others and one was experiences one was money uh, one was relationships and connections career achievements one was just general accomplishments like maybe a person that really values just checking off a to-do list uh, and then one was f just like the category of having fun like maybe that's where you put a lot of worth is in whether or not your day-to-day -day life is fun whether or not your big things are fun and there's nothing wrong with any of those. I think they all have a place, but I think each person is going to pick a different a different one, and that's okay. As I was going through this, I was kind of thinking about myself. Obviously, 
And um, I realized that I really value experiences and I really value just crossing off a to-do list. Like those very much apply to me. And so when I'm like stuck in this loop and this dread of feeling like I'm aging without accomplishing anything, it's helpful for me to like go back over my own photos and kind of like it kind of like stops me in my tracks. And I remember that I've actually had a lot of experiences and I've actually crossed a lot of things off my to-do list. And it, it definitely like stops that circular thinking. So I would, I think it's really helpful. So check it out. Do it for yourself. Also, when it comes to experiences, here's something to consider. If your life had gone exactly the way that you thought it would at 22, 23, think about how many experiences you probably would have missed out on. I think a lot about how if I wouldn't be where I am right now, if I had been where I wanted to be at 21, right? And uh, yeah, so I think there's so many experiences that I would have missed out on if everything had gone my way. Okay, uh, this is another one that I wrote. It's just on spending time with people who are older than you, who are actually really happy and content with their life. If we only hang out with people who are feeling like we are, it's just going to be an echo chamber, obviously. And so I think it's helpful to kind of break that up with spending time with people who are older than you and also really happy with the choices they made in their life. They're really content. And they do exist, and I know several of them. I, I'm being so dramatic. Like I'm gonna look back on this podcast and uh, want to rip my hair out at the phrases I'm using. But spending time with people who are older than you and content with their life can make you feel like there's a light at the end of the tunnel when you're in this like dread of, of aging and getting older. So I wrote that down on my list. Okay, the next one that I wrote is uh, telling yourself that you don't have room for air in your life or for making mistakes is going to make you feel like you don't have enough time. And every single person I know who's older than me by a significant amount tells me that their 20s were for making mistakes and experimenting. They were for things that went wrong. They were for things that they thought they wanted to do, complete like shifts in career. That was what their 20s were for. And so it's completely normal to feel like you failed at something. It's completely normal to feel like you wish things had gone a different way. It's completely normal to feel like you wish you hadn't done that at all. Oh my God. If I had a list of things I wish I'd never done, <laughs> like things that I wish I could, it like it made so much sense at the time. And I thought it was a silly, goofy little decision at the time. And looking back, I really wish I hadn't done that. Like I really wish I hadn't started that, started this. I have so many... I don't want to say regrets because, again, I'm going to edit this and realize how dramatic it is. But I feel like I've already made a lot of mistakes in my 20s. And I already feel like there's some things I wish I could go back and wipe. And I reminded myself that that's actually what my 20s are for. I was reading this Reddit page, coincidentally, tonight on things that they people had wished they'd done differently in their 30s. I thought that was an interesting prompt, so I clicked on it. And a lot of those comments and a lot of older people said that they wished that they hadn't felt old at 30 and they wished that when they were in their 20s, they didn't get locked into a career or a marriage or a relationship or a house or a place to live because they had so much more time than they thought that they did. And uh, yeah, so I was thinking about that too, that the little mistakes that we make, they're actually really fixable and you have plenty of time to fix them. All right, the next thing I wrote on my list is not resolving conflicts that occupy space in your mind because... Maybe you don't know how to resolve conflict. I actually think that's a huge part of 
the majority of conflicts out there is that the people involved just don't know how to resolve them. So I think that anything like that is going to make you feel like you're running out of time. And here's why. My theory is that a lot of people say that they're done with a conflict, an argument, big or small, and they're actually not. And they think about it way more than they should. Because I know that I do that. And I know that I will like think about a conversation, think about a rift, think about anything like that. Like I think about it so much in the back of my head and I kind of dwell on it. And I don't even realize how much like mental energy I'm putting into it. And so I've found um, through trial and error, by the way, that the more like the more initiative I take in resolving those conflicts obviously means the less time I think about them. And I feel like I have more time. And it really does help if you're like, if you're like kind of in that feeling of dread of aging, if you free up that portion of your mind, it's going to feel like you have so much more time. And when it comes to conflict resolution, like I said, I think a lot of people just don't know how to do it. And I think that's something that we learned from our parents. So if your parents did not know how to resolve conflict, that is a skill that you will have to learn in your 20s and probably goes back to the um, step that I had just before this about making mistakes. That is a skill, but it is a scale that you can learn. Absolutely. So I, I'm i glad that I put this on the list and I'm glad that I remembered to, to kind of talk about this a little because I think it's important and I think it's something that a lot of people brush over because they think that they're done with it and they think that it's like easier to move on than they thought it would be, right? Like it's kind of like something that we tell ourselves. If you're still thinking about it, go resolve it because you're going to feel like you have more time. Okay, so now on to the next one. It's going to sound a little bit hypocritical. It's going to sound like I just contradicted myself on the last one. I wrote down like spending too much time reflecting on your past. Once you're like past a certain point of reflection and going back over some of the things that you've done, and that's important because we're supposed to learn from our mistakes and we're supposed to identify them and we're supposed to spend the time like thinking about that situation, what we could have done differently. That is a completely normal thing that we all should be doing. But once we have done the like taking the steps to resolve it to learn the moral of what happened anything like that to learn the lesson of like what we should have learned from it anything past that is just a time waster and you're going to feel like you have no time because it's just not helpful and you've already resolved it you've already done everything that you could or if it's not something that needs to like action needs to be taken then <laughs> you've already like learned what you needed to learn you can move on from it you don't have to think about it anymore and this is something that for some people comes very naturally and for people like me, it doesn't. So that's something I'm still working on is like leaving things where they're supposed to be, like leaving them to the point where I can move on in my head and feel like I have more time. So that's something that I am definitely working on. And I think it's a skill similar to conflict resolution that it's a skill to kind of like have that control and discipline over your mind. And I'm working really hard on to like to hone that skill. All right. That was everything I had on my list that I wanted to talk about. Uh, but I was also thinking that it's it's so easy to be so much harder on ourselves than on others because I look at my friends who are turning 24, 25 this year, whatever it is, and I don't feel like they're running out of time at all. It's so easy for me to see them as in the prime of their life and so young and exactly where they're supposed to be. And I know that they don't feel that way. And I know that they're going in and out of relationships and careers and moving. And some of them are frustrated with where they're at, but I still don't see it that way. 
Like it's so easy for me to apply everything that I just said onto them and not to myself. That's also something that I'm working on is to see myself the way that other people do and to see my point in time the way that other people do because I I think it's probably more positive than the one that I have of myself. All right, I'm going to wrap this up because I can already tell my voice is going out. In conclusion, every single year around my birthday, I definitely like take time to think, to reflect, to dwell, and to dread. And this year is no different. Um, I've never been like a candles and birthday celebration, but I have always been a, this is like a noteworthy time. Like it's very noteworthy to me that I'm turning another year. And I found that some years it kind of sucks because you have to like grieve a little bit where you were on your last birthday or the birthday before. And also you have to grieve a little bit where you thought you would be this year and where I thought I would be this year because in a lot of ways that didn't happen. But in brighter news, I updated my photo album and I was working on this video for a while, just some things that I like, some things that I happened this year that I didn't expect and that I was really happy for. And I kind of like set out some of my goals for this year and some were, some were really small and specific and some were larger and broader. And I was just able to like sit down and think about it more and think about where I was. And I genuinely think that the biggest thing that's grounded me has just been grateful for the things that I was given this year and for the experiences that I have had up to turning 25, good or bad. So I can't wait to listen back to this next year when I turn 26 and just kind of like hear how far I've come and remind myself of how I felt a year ago. So thank you everybody for listening. I hope that I said it anything helpful and I will talk to you guys next week.